Hi, Len Power here again with Theatre of Power, my podcast focusing on theatre and related arts in Canberra and beyond. Well, it's Easter. We're all stuck at home. I've eaten all the hot cross buns already, but the Easter eggs have survived. So far. Luckily, there's been an explosion of free theatre-related programming that we can access, and I've seen some great things already. There's so much available, there's no risk of being bored. In this podcast, I'll be looking at Oscar Wilde's A Woman of No Importance, the National Theatre Live's One Man, Two Governors, the Met's production of the Wagner opera Parsifal, and a documentary on the musical Fiddler on the Roof called Fiddler, Miracle of Miracles. I'll also cover arts-related programs available online on YouTube, on streaming services, and Foxtel. And there'll be some local scene news and various other things along the way. The Foxtel Arts Channel season of plays by Oscar Wilde continued with A Woman of No Importance. It's the least performed of Wilde's plays, and I had never seen it before. The Classic Spring Theatre Company at the Vaudeville Theatre in London gave it a sumptuous production with beautiful sets and costumes. Directed by Dominic Dromgul, it boasted a strong cast, headed by Eve Best, Anne Reid and Eleanor Bronn. Lord Illingworth offers a post as private secretary to young Gerald Arbuthnot, not realising that Gerald is his illegitimate son. Gerald's mother, Rachel Arbuthnot, violently opposes her son taking the position, and the secret of his mother's past affair with Lord Illingworth is revealed. The play underlines the unfair advantage of the moneyed upper class in Victorian society compared to the struggle of the hard-working lower classes at the time. Eve Best as Rachel Arbuthnot gives a fine performance as the mother who has had to struggle on her own to bring up her illegitimate son. Anne Reed as Lady Hunston is a formidable presence and a great bully. Her expert delivery of some of Wilde's wittiest lines is a highlight in the earlier parts of the play. There's great work by everyone else in the large cast, including Eleanor Bronn as Lady Caroline Pontrefact, Dominic Rowan as Lord Illingworth, and Harry Lister-Smith as Gerald Arbuthnot. The play takes a while to get going, which is maybe why it's not performed as much as Wilde's other plays. The audience reaction was a bit muted to begin with, but warmed up as the story became more involving. The musical interludes before the curtain, during the scene changes, were very entertaining, with Anne Reed in fine voice singing some popular songs of the period. The Oscar Wilde season continues with The Importance of Being Earnest next. On Amazon Prime this week, I discovered the 2019 documentary Fiddler, A Miracle of Miracles. I believe you can also turn it up on YouTube if you search for it. It details the background to and the development of the musical Fiddler on the Roof. Based on the Tevia stories by Sholem Aleichem, the musical was developed during the early 1960s when tradition was on the wane as gender roles, sexuality, race relations and religion were evolving. The documentary presents a wealth of information about the musical and its literary source. Interviews with prominent Jewish academics provide a deeper understanding of the cultural and political background to these stories. The story of the development of the musical is no less fascinating, with first-hand accounts provided by the surviving creative team members and other luminaries. Photographs from rehearsals of the original production, as well as video clips from more recent performances and from the 1971 movie, have been well chosen to illustrate the narrative. Highlights include a montage of singers and groups from the 1960s performing If I Were a Rich Man, 
Some of them fine, but others are so awful they're funny. Hamilton composer and star Lin-Manuel Miranda demonstrates that he can still remember the choreography from a sixth grade school production. Later, at his wedding, an amateur video records an impromptu performance of him singing To Life with his father-in-law. Best of all is Israeli actor Topol, who played Tevia so memorably in the film version and on stage, remembering his reaction to the filming of Far From the Home I Love in a desolate location. That 50-year-old memory still brings tears to his eyes. It makes you want to watch the movie again. This is an excellent documentary about one of the most loved musicals of all time. You can see it on Amazon Prime and YouTube, and I thoroughly recommend it. I had a look at the first budding theatre challenge on Sunday. Each week, registered participants are sent a secret challenge to respond to in the form of a short video. Open to all ages, you can participate as an individual, couple, team or family. For the first challenge, performers were asked to recreate a popular film in one minute or less. It was the first of what will be a weekly broadcast every Sunday at 6pm. Well, it wasn't great art, but as a bit of fun it had its moments. I particularly enjoyed the Wizard of Oz presentation, with a hairdryer used in place of the tornado of the film. It created such a strong gale that it blew Dorothy's wig off, leaving me chuckling with delight. You can join the challenge by going to the Budding Theatre website to register, and you can have a look at the results on that website as well. So, let's have a look at some of the other shows on offer at the moment. I've listed all the relevant website links in my Facebook page, Theatre of Power Podcast. I've checked every link, and they're all working fine. As I mentioned earlier, Britain's National Theatre Live at Home program is offering a new live play free for streaming, starting on Thursday, 7pm London time, which is 4am Friday Canberra time. The play is then available until the following Thursday to stream, when it suits you to watch. You don't have to get up at 4am on Fridays to catch it. It began last week with James Corden's Tony Award-winning performance in One Man, Two Governors. I'd seen the show twice before, the National Theatre International Touring Company when it visited Sydney in 2013, and a fine production at Canberra Rep in 2018, directed by Chris Baldock. With the National Theatre Live at Home program offering a free look at the original London production via YouTube, I was curious to see why this particular production was held in such high esteem. Well, the play itself by Richard Bean is a masterpiece of construction. Based on Goldoni's 18th century Italian classic, The Servant of Two Masters, the setting for this version is shady Brighton, England in the early 1960s, with an out-of-work skiffle player dealing with mobsters, a murder, people in disguise, an elderly waiter, and a lack of food. The production was blessed with the director of the calibre of Nicholas Heitner, with associate director Cal McChrystal responsible for the physical comedy. Leading the large cast is James Corden as the skiffle player, and his sense of timing and his skill at physical comedy is extraordinary. Everyone else in the cast are also very adept comedians, and the result is a revelation. Even if you've seen it before, it's played so well that it's like a masterclass in theatre. It was great to have the opportunity to see this free on YouTube, and I'm looking forward to other national live-at-home offerings in the coming weeks. Showing now is their 2015 production of Jane Eyre. Twelfth Night will play from Thursday the 16th of April and Treasure Island from the 23rd of April with more to come after that. To tune in, you can go direct to the National Theatre's YouTube site. 
The Sydney Opera House is offering a weekly program of full-length performances, live recordings and never-before-seen footage from the Opera House archives. Go to their website for details. Composer Andrew Lloyd Webber is offering the opportunity to stream the films of his musicals on the Shows Must Go On YouTube channel. Each musical will be available for 48 hours. Subscribe now at Andrew Lloyd Webber's website and watch his musicals free for the next seven weeks. The Metropolitan Opera in New York is also offering free streaming of operas from their archives. These are the operas you usually have to pay to see at the Dendi or the Palace Cinemas, so it's a great opportunity to catch up with operas you might have missed when they were broadcast. There's a new opera showing every day, and each performance is available for a period of 23 hours from 7.30pm New York time, which is 9.30am our time, the following day. The schedule will include complete performances from the past 14 years of cinema transmissions, starring many of opera's greatest singers. I watched their 2013 production of Wagner's Parseval on Good Friday. With a five-hour running time, including interviews with the creative team, it took care of the whole afternoon, but it was worth it. This story of a spiritual journey is pretty demanding, but the more times you see it, the more rewarding it is. The production by François Girard was spectacular on the Met's huge stage. Two barren, sun-baked, dirt-grey mounds are divided by a riverbed with just a trickle of flowing water, sometimes thick with blood. In the background, videos depict dark clouds, swirling mists, and sometimes cosmic images of strange solar systems and ominous planets. It looks marvellous. Jonas Kaufmann, in the title role of The Fool Made Wise by Compassion, is as convincing vocally as he is haunting dramatically, delivering a thoroughly moving portrayal. René Papa is equally compelling as Gurnemance, the veteran knight of the Grail, and Katerina Dallemann thrillingly brings out the jewel sides of Kundry. Peter Matai is Amfortas, the anguished ruler of the Grail's kingdom, and Evgeny Nikitin sings the evil magician Klingsor. Daniel Gatti, the conductor, reveals both the serenity and dramatic tension of this extraordinary music score. He apparently conducts the whole thing from memory, without a printed score in front of him. Watching it at home was ideal. I was able to take breaks between the acts and return to it refreshed. There are subtitles, but for extra clarity about the story and the characters' motivations, I also had my iPad on with a detailed synopsis of the libretto at hand, and this helped immensely. When you reach the finale, you really feel like you've been on a spiritual journey yourself, and it's one that I'm always glad to be able to take. If you ever get the opportunity to see this work, do some homework beforehand, reading as much about the background, the writing, and the content of the opera as you can. You'll be rewarded with one of the great musical experiences of your life. There are some other interesting productions already scheduled, and I'm particularly keen to catch up with operas I haven't seen before, like Dvorak's Rusalka with René Fleming, Puccini's La Rondonet with Angela Georgiou and Roberta Alagna, and Rossini's Le Comte Ori with Juan Diego Flores. Check the Met Opera's website for full details and schedule and how to view the shows. It was easy to get into and you can pause it if you get interrupted or feel you need to take a break. Belarus Free Theatre began 15 years ago this week in Minsk, Belarus, under Europe's last surviving dictatorship. Since 2011, the company has been based between Minsk and London, where its co-founding artistic directors Natalia Kaliada and Nikolai Kalazin are political refugees in the UK. 
New productions are created and rehearsed over Skype before premiering in continually changing underground locations in and around Minsk. Continuing each weekend for the next three months, 24 productions will be made available to watch online on Belarus Free Theatre's YouTube channel. The plays are performed in Russian with English subtitles. I haven't had a chance to look at any of these as yet, but it sounds unusual and very interesting. Have a look at the details and list of plays and their schedule on the Belarus Free Theatre's website. And another unusual one to have a look at is the viral monologues. The 24-hour plays bring together creative communities to produce plays and musicals that are written, rehearsed and performed in 24 hours. In October 1995, the first production of the 24-hour plays took place on Manhattan's Lower East Side. Inspired by Scott McCloud's 24-hour comics, comic books composed in a single day, founder Tina Fallon saw an opportunity to bring together a community of creative artists in a time-limited experiment. The project was intended as a one-time-only event. Over 20 years and hundreds of plays later, in addition to the 24-hour plays on Broadway and the 24-hour musicals in New York City, regular events take place in cities around the world. The 24-hour plays have raised millions of dollars for charities. Round 4 is now available, so go to their website to have a look. It's a really interesting concept. The Hampstead Theatre in Swiss Cottage, London, was born in a humble hut 60 years ago. Their mission was to create original theatre without creative restriction. Harold Pinter tested out his early plays, as well as now famous authors Mike Lee, Michael Frayn, Brian Friel and Terry Johnson. Hampstead Theatre has continued its proud tradition of identifying the newest talent while also continuing to nurture mid-career and established writers. Howard Brenton, Athel Fugard, David Hare and Sarah Woolley represent only the most recent of the remarkably talented playwrights who have developed work of a truly international standard at Hampstead. They've been presenting some of their plays on live streaming through their website. Coming up next is Drawing the Line by Howard Brenton from the 12th to the 19th of April. The modern reconstruction of Shakespeare's Globe Theatre in London opened in 1997 and has developed a strong reputation for quality productions of the Bard's plays since then. I haven't seen a production live there, but I did a guided tour of the theatre in 2007, which was really worthwhile. It's certainly an impressive building. You can experience what it was like to go to the Globe Theatre in Shakespeare's day by buying open-air standing room in the pit. However, with London's weather, I don't think I'd risk buying a ticket for that, and luckily there is undercover seating as well. Although performances have been suspended for now, six plays are being shown for free via their YouTube channel one at a time on rotation every two weeks as part of YouTube premieres. In return for these free videos, they would appreciate any voluntary donations at this time. Your support is critical for their future. Hamlet is currently available until the 19th of April. It will be followed by Romeo and Juliet, A Midsummer Night's Dream, The Two Noble Kinsmen, The Winter's Tale and The Merry Wives of Windsor. The Australian Ballet's free cinema-quality digital season is offering full-length performances to Australians at home. Each ballet will have a limited free two-week season on their streaming platform, Ballet TV. They're currently showing David McAllister's production of The Sleeping Beauty until the 17th of April. 
It'll be followed by Alexei Ratmansky's production of Cinderella until the 1st of May, and then Graham Murphy's Romeo and Juliet until the 15th of May. The Royal Opera House Covent Garden is offering a free program of curated online broadcasts, musical masterclasses and cultural insights into both ballet and opera, and offer everyone a unique look behind the scenes at one of the world's most famous cultural institutions. It can be accessed via the Royal Opera House's Facebook and YouTube channels. Programs premiere each Friday. Currently playing is Mozart's opera Così Fantute. It will be followed from the 17th of April by the Royal Ballet's The Metamorphosis, then the opera Gloriana by Benjamin Britten from April the 24th, and the Royal Ballet's The Winter's Tale from the 1st of May. They're also inviting audiences to sign up for a free 30-day trial on Marquee TV, the international multi-genre performing arts streaming service. In collaboration with the Royal Opera House, Marquee TV will bring you the very best of world-class performances on demand. A range of recent opera and ballet productions are available, including La Traviata and Alice's Adventures in Wonderland, with new titles being added all the time. For the next few weeks, Chichester Festival Theatre's production of Flowers for Mrs Harris, a new musical based on the same source material as the Angela Lansbury TV movie Mrs Harris Goes to Paris, is available to stream online. Ada Harris spends her days dusting, darning, polishing and scrubbing, but her first glimpse of a ravishing Christian Dior dress sets her off on a journey that will change her life forever. From the cobbled streets of post-war London to the shimmering avenues of Paris, Ada transforms the lives of everyone she meets along the way. But can she let go of the past and finally allow her own life to blossom? Based on the novella by Paul Gallico, the musical is directed by Daniel Evans. The production began in Sheffield, where it won three UK theatre awards, including Best Musical. Music and lyrics are by Richard Taylor and Rachel Wagstaff and Claire Burt performs the title role. It's available to view through the Chichester Theatre website until the 8th of May. The availability of all these quality shows is a good opportunity to sample art forms you might not have tried before. It's a chance to introduce your kids to ballet and theatre, or have a go at an opera for the first time yourself, and all for free. Bear in mind that nothing beats seeing a show live, though. So if you're enjoying seeing some of these free shows streaming through your TV, think how much better it would be with a large, responsive audience in a theatre. The Green Room Awards were announced on the 6th of April in an online awards presentation. Hosted by Otto and Astrid, Berlin's self-appointed Prince and Princess of Art Rock and Europop, the nominees and winners were announced by actor Rob Meldrum via a series of YouTube clips. You can watch the ceremony via the video links in the Green Room Awards website. In other news, the Helpman Awards for this year have been cancelled. The 2019 25th Cat Awards Night has also been cancelled, unfortunately. It was a double whammy for the Cat Awards. Postponed because of the bushfire crisis in February, it's now fallen victim to the COVID-19 pandemic. The winners will be announced on the Cat's website at 6pm on Saturday the 18th of April. The website has more information about the cancellation. 
In Artsound FM's In the Foyer program on Monday and Wednesday at 3.30pm next week, Bill Stevens will be talking with Irene Sankoff and David Hine, the composers and writers of the hit musical Come From Away. You'll also talk with former Canberra cabaret performer Queenie van der Zandt. Red Velvet and Wild Baronia next Tuesday, April the 14th at 3.30pm will feature Kelly Young performing her cabaret Merman on Broadway. She's accompanied on piano by Peter J. Casey. In my Broadway Musicals Yearbook program next Sunday, I look at the musicals for the year 1974. The Magic Show, with music by Stephen Schwartz of Godspell and later Wicked fame, had a long run. Angela Lansbury gave another memorable performance in the revival of Gypsy, and it was also the year of a notorious show that didn't even make it to opening night, Rachel Lily Rosenbloom and Don't You Ever Forget It. This is a tough time for everyone working in the arts. We need to offer support in any way we can. Make sure that you renew your memberships for local companies promptly and consider adding a donation as well. When shows can return down the track, support them with as many ticket purchases as possible. The words in a recent mail-out from our local street theatre says it all. We ask that you stick with our performing arts sector and show your support to those artists, companies and organisations that are an essential part of your community. Well said. Well, I hope I've given you some useful suggestions for things to see and do. I'll continue to keep you up to date on what's happening, and I'll suggest alternative arts-related entertainment during the difficult times ahead. I'll be back with another podcast soon. Please subscribe to my podcast and like and share my Facebook page, Theatre of Power Podcast. And remember that in the Facebook page, you'll find a list of all the websites of the shows I've recommended that you watch. This is Len Power with Theatre of Power. The original music for this podcast is composed by Chris Oppert. Chat again soon. Got to go and wash my hands now. Mm-hmm.